We're going to kind of officially get started now, guys. And if you're just joining us, um, again, this is Mercy Tucker. She's Hi. with a ministry called Project I See You. And she's going to be sharing just such great insight when it comes to discipling people. She has such a heart for people. And um, so anyway, Mercy, would you open us in prayer? Love that. Father, I thank you, God, that you go before us and that you know exactly what you have for us today. I pray that you would meet Michelle and I right here where we are, and I pray you'd meet everyone listening right where they are right now today, and God, that you would speak to them and to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. What I want to do quickly, guys, is just do a little bit of a recap. So if you've been with us since the beginning, this is now week three. And if you haven't watched the other weeks yet, I highly recommend you go back and watch those because we're trying to kind of build off of each week and share more information. Um, in week one, we really just set up what is a disciple? Why does Jesus have the authority to tell us to go make disciples? Who is he? And all of that. And week two, I really love talking about love because we call it love to the fourth. Because before we can really go and make disciples, we need to grow. And the number one thing we need to grow in really is our love, our ability to love others. That was one of the loves, to go love others. We need to accept God's love. We need to love ourselves, right? And we need to love God back. These are the things about love. And it's such a big thing that we have, you know, for growing it. And one of the things that, um, you know, Jeff talked about was just clearing some space in your calendar. You need some margin. You have to sometimes get rid of things in your, your life. Things that, you know, maybe you enjoy but aren't super duper important that you can get rid of because you need to have space in there to do this. Because um, growing closer to God, it takes time. Relationships, right? I mean, they take time. And um, so that's one of the things we're talking about, just opening up your calendar and then spending time. There's a lot of different ways you can abide or grow closer to God. But one of the things I want to say is that the kind of, at least what I believe is the non-negotiable, the one that has to be on everybody's list of how do I grow closer to God, and that's reading your Bible. That word, I mean, I'll say it, I'll say it over and over until the day God brings me home, it's alive. It's active, it speaks to you, it meets you where you're at. But here's just something I want to add. When you're going to the Bible, don't go there looking for verses just to back up what you believe. Don't go there going, mm, that verse I'm going to jump over because I don't like that one. Go there really looking to be convicted, looking to be changed. Walk away from your time in, in the Bible different. And I, there's two questions that I think are great questions asked when you're reading the Bible. What is God saying in this passage? So don't try to read like tons and tons of information. Let's, you know, that's where you're at. Sometimes that works. But for the most part, read. He illuminates something. Stop. God, what are you trying to say in this passage? And then how am I going to respond? Or what does this mean in my life moving forward? Now, we're going to be talking um, next week a lot more about using the Bible and some other tools when we're discipling people. But this right now is just between kind of you and God. That's, that's that relationship. Um, and I want to go to a quote that I just read recently that's going to really tie into something that Mercy was just sharing with me. And this quote is from Bob Goff. And I'm going to be kind of quoting him a little bit today because I was reading it on my time away. I was away last week doing some filming and had some times on planes, and I was reading a book called Everybody Always. It's about loving everybody always. But this is something I believe God wants you to hear. The promise of love and grace in our lives is this. Our worst day isn't bad enough, and our best day isn't good enough. Good enough. 
We're invited because we are loved, not because we earned it. So your worst day, God loves you. Your best day, God loves you. Today, I took a picture of myself. I was having dental work done. And my mouth, I, I'm going to try to send it out because it's so bad. My mouth is like ripped open. And I'm laying there with these humongous dark sunglasses on. But I'm wearing a shirt. It's one of our new shirts. And it says, love. And I took a selfie because that's what I was doing there today. I took a selfie of myself. And I looked at the shirt and it said, love. And I thought, you know what? God loves me even when I'm looking like this. As good as I am. But, you know, you were saying about in that, in that word of invitation. I really do feel like when I think about discipleship, I do think it is an invitation. And um, it first and foremost, um, it's, it's what you were just speaking to. It's an invitation of us to be with God and allow him to disciple us. I feel like I don't even know where I would start as far as discipleship if I first hadn't been discipled by him and had that space to let him speak to me, um, let him show me what I need to see. I, I feel like one of the best questions I've ever asked myself, honestly, is um, to or ask God, with, with, with his hickey and I together, is um, how do you see me? I think just getting before God and letting yourself sit in that question and wait, um, he is going to answer that. And really what, he, what you are going to find is that there is love there if, if you're hearing him. <laughs> I mean, love like you have not known. And it is when we know that love for ourselves that we have it to give away. We can say love, 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 love all day, but if we don't know that from him ourselves, we don't have it to give. And so I think that's the first thing of discipleship. I and mean, he's inviting us to that all the time. Getting back to that word invitation, all the time he's inviting us to that. And then I think what happens is we become the kind of people that invite others into our lives and invite others to see who he is. And this quote, is, um, it's from a book called Building a Discipling Culture by Mike Green and Steve Cockrum. And I, I feel like this quote really, really speaks to invitation but also to challenge and it says invitation is about being invited into a relationship where you have access to a person's life and all the vibrancy safety love and encouragement that reside there i would also say failure i would also say just real that yeah. resides there to learn from the places you clearly see jesus at work in people's lives which you can only see by having access to them so when I feel like I'm thinking about discipling someone, it's about giving somebody access to me, letting them see who I really am um, and the life that's there and the times that I fall short and the times that um, I get it, you know, right, all of it, like in, in the times I see God come through, I think it's allowing them to have access and them inviting them into that. And by them accepting that invitation, they also accept the challenge that comes with it. The challenge um, to live into their identity as a son or daughter of the king. And I and I feel like when I think about discipleship, it is it is both those things. It is love and it is truth. It is invitation, come and be loved and be seen and known. But then it's also because you have access to that, be willing to be challenged and maybe where you are and what where how you could look more like Jesus, how you could become more like more like him. So I, I feel like it is a both end. I, I have an organization called Project I See You. I'm, I'm a co-director of that organization, and that is completely what we do. We just want to see the worth and value in women. And we have seen in the Dominican Republic 
and in Denver, working with women in both those places, that when we value them, just let them know their value and worth so much, it changes them and it starts to change people around them. It starts to change the community around them. Um, and I, I keep going back to this verse of Project I See You, and it says, um, I can only do what I see the Father doing. And I feel like when I look at the Word of God and Jesus, who is our exact representation of who God is, I see him seeing people. I, I see everywhere he went. He's truly seeing them, and he's speaking to them in love and in truth. And, and I feel like that is what I see discipleship as being, is being with people in such a way that we, we truly see them. Yeah, I mean, you know, so often we can look at discipleship as a way that we come into this and we want to change people, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to, I'm going to change you. I'm going to get you living better. And, mm -hmm. you know, when my husband first started off in ministry, he got this great advice from someone. He said, you know, if you're in this to change the behavior of men, you'll drive yourself nuts. Mm -hmm. you, because it's, I mean, think about how hard it is to change your own behavior. I mean, you know, Paul talks about it in Romans 7, I think it is. And it's like, you know, we all know we should be exercising, but we don't do it all the time. We know we should be health, eating healthy, but we changing and making lasting change is hard. And so instead of going into discipleship is looking out and saying, who, can, who needs the most change out there? And even coming at it with an agenda, like if I'm going to go and say this person, if my agenda is that you come to know Jesus in this amount of time, sure, in my heart, I want every person I meet to know Jesus. But it, you have to come with love. And, you know, when you're talking about getting that love in and then pouring it out, um, in our church they were talking about how we should be these divine disco balls. Mm -hmm. You know, God's love bounces off, mm -hmm. off of us and goes into other people. First, it has to come in, but it reflects off of us mm -hmm. onto others. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, it's that back to that love. I mean, I'm going to keep going back and back to, you know, bringing it back to love because you you can't you can't change people. And... Um, and I, I just want to say, I like what you said about that as far as when we start to um, think about meeting with people to, and, and, and getting into a relationship where we disciple them. I think it is exactly that. It's relationship. We God at his very being, the Trinity, is relational. He's a relational God. And he made each one of us in his image. So I think before I, and I think this is true no matter what, when I am sitting with anyone, the, the, the truth that is most present for me is that this is a person that was made in the image of God. They are a child of God. That's true of me. That's true of any person that I'm sitting across from. And so if that's true and, and that our God is relational and he wants us in relationship, then I can know that that is of him if I'm building relationship. Mm -hmm. I think the hard part can be when we hear that, like these terms like in Matthew that say, go make disciples of all nations. I think we can start to go, that feels like such a big yeah. undertaking like I who can do that and so we either give up or we don't try most people which is like oh others are that's those are missionaries yeah. or those yeah. are pastors or and I think what really what I've come to realize and I mean this is in me in God speaking to me about it is it's just the one in front of you it's just the one like even if you are seeing again we keep talking about this person that keeps you know if it's your neighbor that you keep passing by every day it could be your neighbor next door it could be you know, you're at a, you're at some soccer practice and soccer games all week, and the, and there's this one mom that you're you keep on saying next. Whoever just keeps being this person in your life could just be that one, and it's having the courage to say, hey, you know, just start a conversation, find out who they are, and 
um, and see how that relationship can draw them in. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I tell you the thing that has brought me so much peace and really so much of my life is that you know the, the results aren't in my hands. Um, I can't make anyone change. I can't make anyone believe in Jesus. And I read somewhere it said, um, the only real way to change people is by helping them lean into God's arms so he can change their heart, which brought me to a verse in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36, 26, where God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. He's the mm-hmm. one who sets them free. Mm-hmm. We talked about freedom in the past, but he sets people free. And so it's really... We're trying to guide them into God's love by loving them, mm-hmm. right? Well, I know, and I even think about the times I have, like if you're talking about it in terms of being discipled by God, I feel like the thing he said to me the most is, you are not the Holy Spirit. Like, you are not, you, yeah. you can't do what only I can do. Yeah. Like, you can enter into a relationship, you can love, you can draw, but really, this is my work to be done, like, as far as they're changing their heart. Yeah. Yes. And, and um, but let me just check in with Julie real quick. Julie, anybody have any questions or need anything over there? No, someone said that connection was fading out, but I'm just trying to get an update on that. Okay. Sometimes it's hard because sometimes the connection can be on, your, on their end and sometimes it's our yeah. own. So, I asked okay, we'll else was having issues. Okay. Hopefully not. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go back and I'm going to read the verse that we keep going back to, which is in Matthew 28, and it's verses eight, it starts with 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And like we've already talked about, we, we spoke about that part about Jesus has the authority. He's telling us to go and make disciples. We've talked about what disciples are. And I wanted to say something here about baptism because most of us think baptism is only done in a church twice a year when they do their baptism ceremonies or whatever. This might freak some of you guys out, mm-hmm. but you can baptize somebody. I baptized my mom on her birthday, her 85th birthday, Mm -hmm. which was Easter, in the ocean. My husband and I did. And Jesus is telling us to here to go and make disciples. And I was talking to my son who um, has been studying the Bible for the last four years in school, or last three years, really. And I was like, Neil, seriously, like we go make, we go baptize? And he's like, absolutely. And baptism is a declaration that a person's life identity and priorities are going to be centered on Jesus and his mission. If you think about it, when you are baptized, maybe if you haven't been baptized yet, I really recommend you do it. You know, you do this because what happens is you literally get a death certificate and a birth certificate all at the same time. You get a death certificate because you are going under dying to your old self. Like it's gone no longer. God doesn't see that. And then you come out of it a new creation. You get your birth certificate. So it's kind of a fun way to look at it. But yes, you can baptize someone. We baptized a bunch of people in our hot tub. Okay? It's what we did one year. What happens sometimes? Um, and then in, in, that, in those verses, it goes on to say, after the baptizing them, it says, teach them to obey all, all my commands. So this isn't just about discipling someone to a point of belief. This is about really taking it further, taking it a little bit further and talking about 
what did Jesus command? Because his word says, I think it's John, yeah, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay, so it's, it's kind of almost easier just to get someone to that place of saying, I believe. Jesus, I, I believe in him. But here's the deal. It's easy to agree with what Jesus said. It's a lot trickier to do what he says to do, to obey what he says. Right? I, I totally agree. And I feel like that is why, um, again, coming back to relationship, you don't you don't learn that unless you are seeing someone else do it. And again, I feel like it's letting people see that, yes, I am doing everything I can to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and spirit, but it doesn't mean that I'm doing that well all, yeah. all the day, all yeah. the time. And, and it means continuing to come back to him with that and learn and, and be willing to grow. I feel like um, another thing just even about the, the verse you just read, it just says, that, and know that he is with you always. And I, I, I feel like this this part of it feels important in, in that part of obeying and, and, and listening and, and doing what God's asking us to do. And, and helping other people to see what that looks like to do too. It's knowing that he's with you always. And and he is in it and he is doing it. I, I can't tell you the times that um, I know that I'm supposed to step out. And it's take, I mean, again, courage is doing something scary. I mean, I've definitely had that. Oh, I can't believe this is what I'm being asked to do. And to start a conversation or to, you know, um, get into someone's life. And I know that. I really can say verbatim, every time I have done that, there has been a way that I have been met, like, because God is with us, and especially mm-hmm. in those places where he's saying, and, and sometimes it's like, you just know that you're supposed to encourage someone, and like, you don't know this person, and it's like, they're going to think, what is this, what are you coming, but even when I have walked in and encouraged them, it, right, those have been the times where I see that God was so in that, and about that, and um, he is with you always. So he is walking it out with you. You know, I just came back from a, a kind of a wild week. I was in North Carolina, and we filmed um, 16 TV shows mm-hmm. in three days. Actually, in two days, because six on one day, ten on another day. <laughs> it was a lot, and then we did another speaking thing in between those two days. And here's what I do, guys. When I am going into situations like that, it's, it's, t- it's a lot. Like, I'm like, wow, God, I, I need you. I always go and read Exodus 4, because in the story in Exodus 4, Moses is kind of arguing with God, saying, I'm not your man, I don't speak well, and then God just reassures him and says, hold on, who made your mouth? I will help you to speak well. And that, to me, I just get this feeling. Yeah. I, even though I've read never, I still open up my Bible. I still want to look through my big Bible. Mm-hmm. I open it up and I read that, and those words bring me peace, that he will help me to speak well. He, whatever you're going to step out and do, he is there and he's going to help you to speak well. And, you know, we so often want to stay in our comfort zone or we want to play it safe. It's scary to step out. But I'm telling you, for me, the best place, the safest place, my comfort zone is when I'm close to Jesus. It's not necessarily easy or I'm comfort zone and being comfortable, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's like, it's... It's so comforting for me to know that he's asking me to do this. He's got this. This is I'm playing it safe because I'll do what he says because he knows best. So when we think about the comfort zone, we sometimes have to go, wait a second. What really is, the, mm-hmm. is that comfort zone? 
I feel like even as we're thinking about some like practical ways to enter in with people and, and when we think about discipling, I mean, the one that we've, we've talked about already is um, just being willing to enter in. And I feel like I, oh, whenever I think about entering in with someone and having the courage to do that, I always think about um, how I'm also there to learn. Like I, I don't enter in with somebody thinking, again, I'm, I'm here to teach them something. I'm here to, you know, again, do we all have something to teach? Yes. But if that is my way of entering in, then I don't think people are going to receive. I, I've never really seen people. I, I think about my husband and my kids. I think about anyone in my life that when I'm entering in, going, I have something to teach you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's. But yeah. as, as you enter in in a posture of listening and asking questions, I feel like and um, being willing to learn yourself and be discipled yourself, that we're in this together, right? I love this quote that says, we all get free together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I feel like we do. Like, this is not just about me getting free. Let's all get free. And, um, and I do. I, I, I think that those are some practical things to be thinking about as you're with people. It's, it can be the one in front of you. It doesn't have to be. It, it's relational. It's listening. It's, um, it's realizing that, God is with you in it and always. And um, that's, that is what has been, what, when I have seen in my life, like I said, women in the DR, and there's language barrier there, even with the Spanish English, and you get present and willing to be with someone, it's, it's just changing for them and for you. And it's the same with women here that I've met on the street. Um, and Mercy, um, her and her family have made a choice to, to live in an area where they are around a lot of different type of people and homelessness and everything else. They, they want to be in the center of it all so that, you know, they can learn and grow and, and see and all that. Mm-hmm. But, there, and there's such a value, like Julie, who's on the computer right now, we both we go and we serve tacos sometimes to the homeless, and we love it. And it's so valuable. But that's not, the, what we're talking about here is a little deeper. And... I've asked, one of the things I think that Mercy can really add a lot to is this whole thing of Project I See You. And sometimes, I will actually share about, um, and you've talked a little bit about this, but what really happens in the heart of someone else when they hear your story and see your your challenges and your vulnerabilities, so being real, compared to, um, and then also, what questions can you ask people to help bring out what you know who they are and their story and all that. So it's more like some, some maybe there's some great question that, that you can suggest mm-hmm. and all of that and the value of the story. You know, I mean what's coming to me is um, as I felt led, like like Michelle was saying, to just live in the area that we live in and and, and that means that I am meeting women that are on the street. Um, I mean I'm seeing women and meeting women all the time. Um, I feel like, honestly, it, it, this can sound really simple, but it has been as, as easy of just saying, um, hi, I'm Mercy, what's your name? And getting to know their name and looking them in the eye. And then I feel like beyond that, it's just like, I'd love to just hear some of your story. Like, and just how, I mean, even asking the question, how are you? Like, how are you today? Like, what do you have going today? Like, is there anything you need? Like, um, and I mean, I'm saying this, this is true for a woman that's passing by my street that's experiencing homelessness as much as it is my neighbor next door. Like, how are you today? Like, who, who is interested and asks us in our day and age just simple questions like that? Um, 
I can say that one of the things that I do once a month is I end up spending the night at, with a ministry downtown with women that are brought into different churches all around Denver. And when I'm there, um, and we, you know, we set up cots and beds, and um, a lot of times I get to see women again and again, and so that those relationships are developing. And it's amazing to me as I sit with them and just ask simple questions like that, like, how was your day today? Like, what? How just listening, it's, it, it really isn't much more than me just caring enough to be interested and be with them. Tears will just start coming. And I had a woman, um, even just um, a couple months ago that I was sitting with her name was Sharon, and she said, do you know how much, you know, just trauma and just grief that we just carry around on the street every day, like that we don't even get to access. Like we're just trying to think about what our next meal is, where, where we're going to be tonight. And she said, just that, just to be able to speak to what's really going on in my heart, like all these women need this, like instead of being shuffled from line to line or trying to, to actually have somebody listen. So I, I, I think we really do need to come back around to that, that relationship, listening, being with each other is, it really is so of God and so what he has us to be about with each other. And I think, you know, there's such a difference between, hey, how are you doing? And you're barely looking at that person as you're passing by compared to, are you, like what's going on and I, I thought this was so interesting my daughter when she was 18 she moved to New York and was living on her own up there and she said to me mom you know what I miss the most I miss your friends you're always one of them over there and she said because your friends would say to me how are you and they'd wait for me to actually respond isn't it amazing what people will pick up on that's what she noticed is that their how are you actually was a question that they wanted to hear your answer. And to me, that is such an amazing place to start. And, you know, again, we're talking discipling more long-term, but sometimes that's the door opener. And while you're doing it, guys, prayer, to know who you're really supposed to reach out to, prayer. Praying quietly beforehand, praying in a moment. God, if this is someone that you have chosen for me to sit with, please, please illuminate. Please let there be something that comes up here that really brings up that you want me to go further and more with this person. Because I think a lot of times this is one of the biggest first questions people are looking for when they're saying, I want to disciple. Who? So mm -hmm. just, just practically, guys, pray. Mm -hmm. Pray, pray, pray. Ask God, put a piece, put a pen in your hand. Sit there. Whatever name comes to your mind. And God does that. Like one time I brought to mind some people, some friends of mine. And I was like, God, I don't know why you're bringing them to mind, but I'm going to pray for them. Well, it's crazy what unfolded from it because that's how powerful God is. He can put things in your mind that you don't even know why or what, but you just start praying for him. So doing that, another thing just practically is if you're part of a church, ask like somebody at church, hey, do you have a mentor program? Is there anything going on here? A woman's ministry or men's ministry leader, do you have somebody in here? And I'll tell you what Julie and I just did recently is there's a, a friend of ours who heads up a MOPS group. MOPS is Mothers of Preschoolers. I'm telling you, there's anybody who needs a little helping hand, it's mothers of preschoolers, if you ask me, you know? And so we said to her, Julie, what are the needs, like, you know, with these moms? And she's like, we need mentors. Voila! Julie's like, I'm in. Sign me up. You know, so we're going to now do some connecting between some of, like, our friends with them. And the other thing, too, is if you ask someone, you know, if you've had a conversation or two and you say, hey, you know, if you want to take this further, I would love to spend more time with you, and maybe we could go through a book. And if they say no, 
It's not like offended, I'm bad at this. It's thank you, God, for bringing me one step closer to who you do want me to mentor, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you had uh, a mentor, somebody who helped you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like in some ways I pursued her. Um, she's just this amazing African-American woman that has lived in my community. She's in her sixties and, um, just, I could just see God all over her life. Right. And I, um, just asked to get together to meet with her, to start praying with her. And what I love about Zenzel is, um, she, whenever I'm with her, is asking me questions that actually cause me to come to what I know to be already true. Um, it's Again, she's not doing the telling. What um, kind of questions? Can you think of any that she's asked you in the past that you really were like? Well, um, like, like I'm thinking even if I'm bringing her a situation that I'm like, wow, what do I do with this conflict or this relationally or, or you know, um, something that's coming up, a situation, um, she just reflects it back to me just by saying, I'm just just really wanting to challenge you to think about what what's first coming to you. Like, what would you say for you? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Like, and and waits. Like, and I'll say I don't know, and then like she waits and lets it be silent until you know it's like. And I feel like in that time with her, I usually come to the end of it, and because it, I've come to it on my own, I think that's just different. You own it. You yeah. do own it. Like, if somebody else can tell you things all day long mm-hmm. and. But if you come to it and you know that God's brought that to you, you do own it. And I, um, there, there's just been many, many, many times. And I, and I do. I think she sits in this posture of I, I always feel like she leaves feeling like this relationship, she's learning, she's growing, she's being discipled, right? Because that is just the posture that she sits in with me. It's, um, and how often yeah. do you guys do, you do it? Oh, you know, we, we try to do always face to face. We probably try to um, meet once a month. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it, if there's a lot going on, sometimes it can be twice a month, but just kind of keeping that open. Um, and did you hear that she said that the person who she felt was probably the best mentor in her life didn't come with all the answers? Mm-hmm. You know? She came with more the, the questions. Mm-hmm. And I think we sometimes have lost the value of the question. Mm-hmm. And my husband is an amazing person at asking questions. Mm-hmm. He's a life coach. And a coach is really the same thing. It's about asking those questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you don't sit down and also study, especially if it's somebody who's new to the Bible. You do need to study, a, whether it's a book or a Bible. And again, we're going to talk more about that practi- the practicals of that next week. But, you know, again, it starts out with who, mm-hmm. who. Um, so if you got on this um, session early, you, you heard Mercy sharing a little bit about a house that she has been extremely involved in opening. It's going to be a three-month transitional housing, so women can stay there for three months. So that, you know, the reason behind it, you can tell more about it, but so that you can disciple and you can get there. Mm-hmm. There might be some organizations in your area that you can turn to who have that type of setup where they're looking for long-term mentors. Um, there's a group out there called For Word, W-O-R-D, specifically looking for women in the business world who are willing to mentor or who want to be mentored. Mm-hmm. And so women, you know, sometimes it's nice to have someone who can relate. Like, I'm out in you know, the, the business world. I'm kind of fighting out here. I don't know how to bring my faith in. So that's you know, looking for organizations. Tell me, um, at Taveo House, 
What do you think will be some things that you'll do there to disciple those women for three months? So if someone's in kind of a three-month relation, you know, looking at a three-month commitment, I don't want to be, a lot of times discipling can go on forever, but what are some things that you think are a great way to go about it with, you know, the, the women there might be at a different place, but in general, what's something that... I feel like what we're seeing the vision for um, women who are coming in is first, like what I said, just hearing their story. There's just so much to just letting them get that um, spoken and the truth of that spoken and the heart of that spoken, you know, heart parts that spoken and the um, just what we see, where we see God in their story spoken. Um, and I, I feel like it's also very much looking at these women from the position of Look what you survived. Like, right? Like, I'm speaking to the strength that we see. And I, and I, again, I think this is something to be said too, just about everyone. I mean, there is not one person, again, that doesn't need to be seen, known, but spoke, spoken to in those places that they, you, you see strength in them and you see um, who, who they are. And so that's definitely going to be part of it. It does really feel like um, we are going to have volunteers, again, this is going to be a place to enter into this kind of discipleship, and, and especially if you want to do that on an ongoing basis, volunteers coming in to offer things like if, if, if they had a gardening background or they had a sewing background or um, wanted to just cook a meal with the women and serve it together and clean up together, that, that that is going to happen in the context of what you're doing together and how conversation just can kind of pick up and things can be said or um, it just in that and doing life with them. So there's definitely going to be, be that aspect to it, just doing life with them. Um, and there's definitely going to be, um, you know, just classes or times offered where they can come to the word together and be in the word and, um, and hear from each other, like what each, you know, what each other are hearing, you know, what each other are seeing in the word and what that's looked like for their lives. So, um, I mean, just, it, it really is going to be a space that that's going to be able to happen. And that's the, the, the beauty of it is that there'll be a, a place for us to so, be with them. Yeah. And, and when you're thinking about discipling others, you can do it definitely one-on-one, -on -one, but it can also be in a group setting. You can choose to start something like a sewing club. I failed sewing so bad in middle <laughs> school, I would not be starting the sewing club. I was making a shirt that I ended up literally like, the, the armhole was like this big. I mean, I was little, but I was, <laughs> I cut the sleeves off, everything. So, I, and I got like a D in ironing. So with you, she told me you put more wrinkles in than took out. I am with you. So yeah, that's not gonna be me, but there's somebody out there who that could be. You can invite people into your home. Um, and next week we're gonna be talking about how you can use faithful workouts in, in our Reignite book as a way to disciple a group of people for 12 weeks and the joy model, how you can use that in the Bible. So um, again, doing this with a group setting is also beautiful. Sometimes it's almost more comfortable mm -hmm. for certain people to do it to a group than a one-on-one, -on -one, right? So that that's that's definitely an option as well. Um, I want, as I've been talking about, I've been reading Bob Goff's book. Okay, mm -hmm. and there is something in his book that grabbed my attention. And here's what it said. He says, you know what? He's talking about going and loving people and sharing the word and everything. He says, you know, I do it because it's what I'm supposed to do because Jesus tells me to do it, which is true, right? <laughs> We're supposed to do it just because he has the authority to tell right. us to do it. Right. But it was this next line that literally put a smile on my face, and I was just like, this is so fun. And he says this. He says, you know what? I came to play, not to watch. 
don't know what it was, but I'm like, I'm a player. Yes. I came to play. I don't want to sit and watch everybody else doing this. Yes. I want to be out on the field. There's another book um, by somebody, Idleman, Kurt Idleman, something like that, called Not a Fan. And it's all about, like, I don't want to, I mean, there's there's value in sitting in the stands. There's value in cheering. I was a cheerleader. I love to kind of cheer people on. But the real exciting fun, it comes when you're on the field and you're playing, guys. And if you're playing in this world and you believe in Jesus, he's got some books. He's got a book that we're supposed to look at and listen to on how this game is supposed to be played. And if we're playing by his rules, the biggest part of our game here on earth is to go and make disciples. It's to love people. It's to share the word. I, I just totally agree with you. And I, I guess I'm just, what's coming to me too is just how that can be so so many times our question, there has to be more, right? Like, I think we all come to that, like, there has to be more, and there is. Like, I, I really do feel like living life to the fullest, there is something about stepping out. If there's something about going, I'm going to do that thing that I didn't think I could do, and being met in it, and you're alive. Like, every part of your physical body person, I, I mean, that is, there is a way to live that way. And again, when you're on the, I'm just going with the game, if you're on the field, you get knocked down. Yeah. Okay? You, I mean, there's all sorts of, like, right? You, mm-hmm. there, you, there can be fouls called. There can be things that aren't fair. There can be, I mean, but you're in it, and you know that um, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. Like, I just think there is there is something to be said about living in that way. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, Michael, Jordan, Michael Jordan, <laughs> if anybody knows, doesn't know Michael Jordan, he was... I was living in Chicago when he was a Chicago Bull. He was one of the best basketball players of all times. And he has a quote that says something like, you know, I've missed 50,000 shots um, on the free throw line. I have missed 20% of my shots. Um, In 300 moments, I was entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. And it's because of this that I succeed. Mm -hmm. So in this game of life here on earth and especially when it comes to discipling and sharing your faith you're gonna mess up we're Mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna fail right Mm -hmm. and it's not though it's like you just go all right you know Oh, I can't even tell you how many times. I, I, I just want to speak to this. I know that we're probably coming. No, to, but I just, I'm like, I how I even just, again, speaking to, I mean, obviously just in friendships, but even in women on the street, how I've come with the best intention to say, how was your day? And a woman's looking at me going, why would you, you know, just kind of coming back with just hard, you know, and mm-hmm. how would you want to know? How would you know anything about what, and, and, going, okay, I, I, I hear you. I, I respect that kind of, you know, just giving space. Um, and and not allowing that to make me not say the next time, how, how are you today? You know, what, what's, what's, what are, you know, um, what's going on for you today? I, I Not allowing that to stop me because knowing that there is, I really do genuinely care and want to know, and not everyone is going to receive it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are those times that it just, you you feel like it misses or someone else doesn't receive it how you thought or that can make you go, this is why I don't do this. And oh, I just think for all the times that, you you know, it doesn't work out, it, it, it does. I'll, there are so many more times that it does. Yeah. It does. And so it's, it's not failure. It isn't, mm-hmm. you know? And you don't know what happens after that moment. Quick story um, that I've shared before, but there's this guy who wrote the book Case for Christ, and his name is Case for Christ. 
Least yeah. trouble. Least trouble. Least trouble. Love this story, and it's something I cling to and think about. He was sitting in his office, felt like God was asking him to go into the other office and invite this guy to church. You know, he says to God, um, hey, I don't know if you remember, we already did this. And he said no. And he kept going, no, you need to go in there. He's like, no, he doesn't want to go to church. No, 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 I want you to go in there. So Lee goes into this office, invites this guy to church. He's like, the guy says to Lee, Lee, you invited me before. I've told you no. You know, he's probably wanted to say, told you so. You know, no. And then Lee's like, no, but they've got really great music. And, you know, they've got some wonderful family programs and all this stuff. Guy's like, don't ask me again. No. He walks out of there and goes, epic failure. Right? Wouldn't you be thinking? I heard God wrong. This is wrong. Two years later, guy comes up to him and says, Lee, I need you to know, like, you have completely changed my life, my family's life. And Lee's like, Sorry, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know. And he says, well, you came into this guy's office, and you invited him to church. What you didn't know is I was behind the desk repairing some tile on the ground. You didn't see me, but I was listening. <laughs> and I heard you invite him to church. I went. My wife and I are both now believers. Our children go. Our whole family's life mm-hmm. has been changed. Think about that the next time you go, epic fail. Mm-hmm. That goes good. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? Do you, anything else that you had wanted to share that I haven't either asked the questions or we haven't brought up yet? Um, there's anything else? Um, I just feel like maybe talking a little bit more about Tebeo House. I wanted to show. This is like the Tebeo House brochure. Yes. Because <laughs> it's really happening. The doors are going to open. Um, and just saying that. Again, I feel like this house has been an example of stepping out and just asking and um, and seeing how, God, again, I, I, again, there's not really any other way to explain it other than God meeting us. You can, if you knew all the stories, like, it's like crazy things where all we need are cabinets. Oh, God called. Yes, cabinets. yes. We need this. God yes. I it's mean, like everything, everything. People are just feeling compelled and everything is is working together and um and even in the places like right now we're waiting on zoning this has been the first time there's been like any like hold up and anything and it's like wait there's been no hold up everything has been yes well and even in this just seeing how he is working it and and we're getting to know the people in this in the zoning you know office and who knows what that means for us in the future if there's going to be a Tebeo house too you know like that we are going to have these relationships in the zoning office to be able to move things um, or work on things together. So, um, yeah, I just, I feel like this house has been such an example of there's a vision, step out, ask, see how people can kind of get, come alongside that and how it has been all of us doing this. And, and that is the other thing is I think we can tend to look at our faith like this is just me. It's just, this is what I just have to do. And it isn't, I feel like if there's anything I um, am coming to learn, that we do this in community. I think as I'm starting to read the Word of God, I'm realizing like all of what he spoke about was us doing it in community. We can't do it without each other. Um, But it's so interesting, I think, in the world we live in, especially here in America, it's so easy to get individualistic and think, I got to do this, I got to work this out, I've got to disciple this many people, I have to, whatever it is, and it's like, no, we, we are going to do this, yeah. and as we all listen, um, and I, this is, this is what Tebeo has been, this has been a we um, are just seeing this house 
come forward. And I, I know that it's to change these women's lives, and I know it's to change all of our. I mean, it is really to change lives, but it is like, not, yes, it really is. And, and you know, as much as we're talking about discipling and reaching out and going deep with somebody, this does not mean that that we don't go and love and serve those the least of these. You know, mm-hmm. those people who are um, without shelter and food and water in prison in the hot. You know, all those things because. When you go out and you love those people, you are loving Jesus. It's amazing. Like, that's what he tells us. And so, you know, find some, find somebody in your, your neck of the woods that's doing something like this as well, where you can just go. And what I love about Tomeo House is that you're looking for people to come and use kind of their unique giftedness. Like, I love to cook. Mm-hmm. I can come down and maybe give some cooking lessons or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is so we can all sit and, and and share what God has kind of given us as gifts. And and so, again, yes, it's about discipling, and we're really talking a lot about that. So I, my, my thought is just I want to really kind of just recap a couple of things from today. Mm-hmm. And the things that if I miss something, you know, you let me know. It, but, it, you know, for discipling, um, you know, one, it's it's about not just going and making disciples. I mean, it's going to make disciples, but it's about that baptism. It's about the teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. It's remembering that God's with you. That that verse is more than just going and make disciples. There's a lot more into it. And so don't let that overwhelm you, though, because he is there to do it with you. Mm-hmm. And that there's such value in just listening and asking questions. It's that how are you with a hand on the shoulder that can get things going, that can lead into a bigger relationship and a longer relationship. It's being vulnerable and real. I mean, I think to me, when when I first started Faithful Workouts long ago, back in 2008, the very first word that God got said to me, and I'm just telling you, it's what it was. I was sitting someplace, and the word was as clear as can be. Mm-hmm. That came in, and I loved the word because it was real. You know, be real. And I was like, I can be real. I have a hard time putting a mask on sometimes in my workouts. People are like, Filter, come on, Michelle. Let's put a little filter here because I love to do. I just have to say that word "real" is one for me too, and it goes back to that word "challenge." I remember it was almost a challenge because I think God knew how much how important it was for me to be real. I didn't want to be fake. I didn't want people to. And I read a quote by Oswald Chambers that talked about um, if you want to be real, then you have to come to me. Like how it says, come to me in Matthew 11, come to me, all those who are weary and burdened and I'll like, if you want to be real, you have to come to me, come to my word, come to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I realized at that moment, like, oh, this is the only way I'm going to be re- a real person, where people are going to look at me and say, she's real. Mm. And it was it was an invitation, and it was a challenge, right? But yeah. I remember for me, it it's was like, freedom. I'm going to be real. Yeah. I am going to be real. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. like that. There is something to be said about this is the way mm-hmm. to that, yeah. And, and I'm so glad you just said something you said, which was the word table. Because yes. that's something, guys, I, you know me, I'm about the fresh tables, the cooking show. Avery and I came up with that, and we were very, very um, specific. We wanted that word table because one of the best places to start discipling people is around a table. Invite them into your home. Start talking, asking questions. A great question that we were talking about that can open up a door is just, where do you want to go? Like, what, where do you want to go in life? What does it look like for you? You know, if your life turned out just the way you know, what? And start talking about that. Like, open-ended questions like that. Sitting around a table 
it's we call it Cabernet in conversation. We do them at our house quite often, but we, you know, just does, you know, doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just invite people, right? Mm. Yes. Julie, do we have anything else over there that you? No, but somebody uh, offered up this really awesome quote. Jesus didn't save us to be a part of an audience, which is you know more passive. We are part of the army. Mm. So she said, Jesus didn't save us to be part of the audience. He saved us to be part of the army. I mean, that's over 12 Christ soldiers. And yeah, we're out there. I love that. Thank you. Who shared that? Does it say a name or not? No? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, don't have a name. <laughs> All right. So, guys, I'm going to finish up with just something that it's kind of a combination of a couple things that I've, different places that I've read. I'm not giving credit to the people because I can't remember where I found this. But I just want to read this to you before we close today. God made you the way you are. He has provided and will continue to provide you with everything you need to accomplish the task. Jesus commands you to look at the people around you and start making them into disciples. Obviously, only God can change people's hearts and make them want to become followers. We just have to be obedient in making the effort to teach them, even though we still have plenty to learn ourselves. You will mess up. You will say the wrong thing. But know that God isn't shaking his head in disapproval. He loves that you are stepping out with love, hoping to help people find their way into his open arms. That's a lot right there. But that, to me, has so much goodness, guys. I mean, he will provide you with what you need when you step out with love. And my hope is that your heart is really about helping people find their way into his arms. This isn't about giving you glory. And this is something that's so important when we go at this, guys. It's hard not to want to bring it up. Look what I'm doing. Look at this. And, you know, if you do bring it up to others because you want to help and encourage them to go and disciple, that's awesome. But just always ask yourself, whose glory am I saying this for? And I know I struggle sometimes with this. I have to be really careful that when I do something, like go feed the people the tacos. Am I telling other people about me feeding tacos because I want to feed the tacos? Yeah, yeah. Is it for me or is it because I want to encourage them to go to? Yes, yes. It's definitely these heart checks. And my hope is that the, the, the real part of your heart is just God allows you to love people in ways that you didn't know you could. And that that, that love leads you to want to sit with them hear their story, and when the door opens for you to be able to tell them more and more about the God who loves them so much. Love this visual of just, this is how he is to us, right? Like this is, yeah. he's just like open arms. Yeah. It's an that is our God. Yeah. Like that's him. Yeah. So leave with that visual, guys. God's arms are open. He's asking you to step inside, let him snuggle you, hug you, take you in. And then just some other practical thing. I want you to start praying about people. Start writing down names. Start talking to people because we've got only one more week left, and then you're you're good to go, right? <laughs> all right. You'll know everything you need to know about yes, discipleship. All, exactly. Four weeks. I mean, <laughs> gonna tell people. <laughs> it's amazing. But be here next week because um, Jeff's gonna be back with me next week, and we're gonna be sharing like, okay, here's what happens when you sit down with someone. Here's step one, step two. Okay, see you next time. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.